Welcome, everybody. Money, Power, and Influence Podcast, Episode 34. I'm your host, BC. I'm here with my co-host, Arash, coming off a <clears throat> another amazing weekend with Global SLR 2017. Topped it from last year. Incredible event. Great speakers. Great time. Realizations were had. Awesome experiences were had. I'm on another high. I'm doing really well. Things are going good. I'm ramping up to finish the year strong. You know, I'm, I'm doing more public appearances and speaking engagements and training. It's really just blossoming and, and continuously expanding. What's up with you, brother? I know you've been back for a few days. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. Uh, this event that we did in Los Angeles in Hollywood was um, was amazing, and it was also very good for me. You know, I was actually surprised that um, the impact that it had on myself, you know, I really was surprised. And... Um, I'm ready to go and um, revamp everything. You'll see very quickly, like within. <laughs> I mean, if people have the eyes, they would have already seen it within the last couple of days in my post. Um, things are moving faster than they ever have, and um, I'm ready. I'm truly ready to uh, triple and then quadruple my income within by the middle of next year, latest end of next next year would be the goal. Like for sure, by then it's going to happen. So it's going to be a lot of creation, a lot of movement. A lot of changing lives and new new um, events and things like that. Like I'm really, really, really jazzed to do this on another level, man. And I think that's what people should recognize is that when you're in a field, uh, it does re-energize you. It does revive you to go into um, events and things that others of your profession are dedicated to. Also, you know, you really kind of opens your eyes, and sometimes I I forget that there's other people that are. Uh, you know, also out there really committed to doing what I do. And it, it's really nice. It's a really nice thing. So that's what's going on here. Oh, man, I agree. And, uh, you know, kind of in tune with what we were just discussing right now about expanding, pushing to the next level, you know, I, I was reading something. It's, it's a new book I picked up. I've been reading the last couple of days, and I, I really wanted to uh, throw this at you. Um you know, I was reading some interesting things in it, and one thing that really stood out to me was um, this book coined it, and I know it's very relatable to our audience, especially on this podcast, about really achieving any skill at a very high level, right, whether it's being a musician, an athlete, or, or, or anything, right? And what this book did was it studied a lot of the top figures in every field, and I know in previous explanations and theories that said, well, you know, some people are just genetically gifted. That's why they're good at, you know, being a musician or an athlete or, you know, maybe somebody who shoots a gun exceptionally well just happens to have, uh, you know, faster firing nerves or whatever it is. And that was kind of just accepted as a general thing. And I still hear it today, you know, even in my field, oh, that guy's just a talker or whatever it is. And, you know, deep down inside, I always told myself, like, I don't give a shit about that. Even if even if it was true, like, I'm going to get to the top, especially when it comes to real estate, right? That that was my whole goal, not only in basketball, but real estate, too, uh, more recently, right? And uh, the more I read this book, I connected with something that they coined as a term, uh, deep practicing or deep practice. And I looked at it, and I was like, man, this is interesting, because it, it, it literally, there was two things. Number one, it shows that the people who engage in this activity – that really achieved a high level in whatever this, this field was, they weren't necessarily the most talented. They weren't uh, the ones who started at the youngest age. They didn't have any kind of benefit or advantage. It was their ability to engage in this, this activity called deep practice. And what deep practice is, like it explains in this book, is it says 
it's somebody who's continuously pushing it, right? They're, they're always dancing with the edge of what their current capability is, and they have the goal in front of them of the next level, and, and, and they're always flirting with that gap, you know, taking that leap and pushing themselves, right? And immediately I, I had flashbacks of when I would even just be practicing with people the dialogues that I would be engaging in, you know, in a sales conversation and telling them, hey, push me, man, be tough, you know, say something, try to stump me. And it was that kind of like that vibe and that energy of, hey, let's take it to the next level. Or I had flashbacks, too, of even the first boot camp with Aikido. And I remember he had given us a routine stack, man, to say, I, sh I literally just shredded everything I was doing, which was still routine-based. I wanted to take literally what he said and said, okay, I'm going to apply this in field, right? And I remember even having moments of like, oh, shit, what was that line? And I wouldn't bail. I would stay and push through, right? Always flirting with that edge and, and that limit. And I was like, man, this is so true. And I was relating it to everything that I did. And it makes sense why, especially if, if we're going to talk real estate and everything that I've really been putting my energy and focus into the last few years, that I would have the results that I had because, you know, when, when people were to hit these barriers or, or these these unknowns, as they coin it, I would step up and say, okay, let, let's face this thing. Let's face this darkness and, and embrace it, right? And say, okay, let, let's see what's in here. Let's dance with it. It makes sense, right? I was reading, I was like, man, this, this is genius. And when I look at every other area of my life that I have seen massive improvement or my ability to step into something and achieve a very high level of skill, I've noticed that it's, it's with this pushing the envelope, always being at the edge of your current capability and pushing to the next uh, to the next level. And I wanted to pass it to you, brother, because I know, you know, we, we just spoke about it at the beginning. You know, we're always pushing, hey, we're going to double and triple our income. And has this been something that you've always done from the beginning, or is this something that you kind of decoded on your own? And then you said, okay, I just have to push it and take it to the next level no matter what. Well, for me, I saw it. I'm growing up in the martial arts, you know. I don't know if other people would see it or not, but what I saw was you would achieve a certain level in martial arts and there was always people that were better than you. And as long as they were better than you <clears throat> and they were there in class, you couldn't deny them. <laughs> you could, I mean, you're going to get beat up. So you could pretend to be nice, you could whatever... The results in the martial arts, when it's taught correctly, they speak for themselves. You're going to get your ass kicked, dude. And so you have two choices. You don't show up, and you quit. And that's fine. Then you never, ever have to deal with those people again. That's cool. Hopefully you don't have to deal with them in the street either. But if you don't quit and you show up, then you're going to have to face that you're not good enough. Enough what? To beat that guy. And so you you kind of always are pushing uh, to take it to the next level because if you get complacent at the level that you're at, somebody from uh, underneath you so coming up in the ranks, somebody coming up in the ranks will overthrow you <clears throat> or the senior students won't respect you. So it was a, it's just a constant getting better at what you do, never really plateauing or when you hit a plateau, you, you know, okay, here's what's going on. I better better step it up. And how do I expand? And seeing others around me that had, you know, they pushed it. I guess I, I'm looking at it right now for the first time. I guess I have a lot of great role models now thinking back because the people that I admired in the martial arts were always the people that were pushing the envelope, coming up with a new kick. A new kick would show up and they would practice it and they would get it. And I'm like, fuck, i got to get this kick now. Or, 
he'll be the next tournament to win or whatever. And these guys just never stopped. They were just these, they were driven to be the best, you know. And so that was my colleagues. I mean, that was my, my playmates, you could say. Those were my friends. Those were the people I grew up with from the age of 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. They were my playmates. And so I guess it carried on. And I say I guess, but I don't know. I haven't looked at it. And I don't know any other way to be, you know. I think that some people are driven to, to win and some people are driven to be champions. And those people are, are far in between. And that's why we admire them. And I'm definitely one of those people. So, And probably the people listening to this podcast are those people. You know, this is not for the for the fucking let's be mediocre, let's be average, and let's not. You know, like if you guys are listening to this podcast and you have a an idea like, well, I don't need to expand, I don't need to get better, you're, you know, you're probably going to get pissed off at some point uh, very quickly listening to us because this is like um, what they call in the the sheep world, they have terms like uh, type A personality. And the only reason I know that is because I've had that said to me, like, oh, so you're a type A personality. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? And they're like, oh, no, you're just like an overachiever. I guess, I mean, I've never said that. You're an overachiever and you this and that. I'm just like, I don't know if I'm a type A, B, C. I don't even know what the fuck that means. I, I, what I'm doing is what I'm doing. And if it makes you feel better to call me that, I, I don't buy it. What does that even mean? Okay, so now I'm type A. That's, what does that mean? Like, do you now interact with me differently? Do you, are you about to call me, make a call to me, and you're like, no, he's a type A. Let's not invite him out. He's going to want to, you know, he's going to want to be better than everybody else. Or you're about to do business with me. You're like, mm, type A personality. That's just the way he is. He's not going to listen to you. That's the problem with these fucking things, right? Like, they just throw this shit out like, well, you're just a type A. Also, you're a type A. What, what do you mean? Why do you assume everybody knows what the hell you're talking about? It's like that's a – it sounds like it's some kind of, you know, psychology jargon, and you don't just go around, you know, in any field and start throwing shit at people like that. You know, I really can't stand psychologists, man. I really can't because they fuck with people. And uh, and that's one of those problems. So I think, like, even questions of, like, an overachiever. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Is a lion an overachiever for – for having, you know, 15 lionesses and hunting and, you know, trying to be the best and fuck the rest? Like, uh, well, no, that's a lion. Okay, good. Like, what, where is, is the sun overachieving these days? Is, is the moon overachieving? Like, where in nature, I like to know that some tree or some bird will had a conversation with another tree or another bird, and the other tr- bird and tree said to him, you're really going too far now. You should just relax and enjoy being a tree. Like, shut up. So, you know, why do I do this? Because I, I don't know. There's no other way to succeed. If there was, if if the way to succeed was to sit back and be lazy and do nothing, I'd probably be doing that right now. I'm pretty sure I'd be doing that, actually. Why? Because I'm driven by success. And this is called money, success, and power. So, or influence. Uh, should be all those. So that's why, you know. I, I don't know why, any other reason why, but that must be it. But I think everybody should just get rid of whatever bullshit they have in their head about these things, you know. Just do what you do whatever your profession is, and strive to be the best at it so you could provide the best service to people so that they can pay you, so you can live the kind of life you want, so you can do what you want to do. I mean, it's so simple, right? People make it complicated. That's it. Love it, man. And I'm so glad I mute myself when you're speaking, brother, because when you said overachiever, I haven't heard that in such a long time. I literally like busted out laughing for like two minutes straight. I'm like, who set the limit on what we can achieve? You know what I mean? So it's so funny. And uh, I tell that to people all the time, and they look at me funny. I'm like, why are you even accepting that fucking word or type A personality and all that? That's what I tell people. I'm like, I don't fucking, like, I don't pay attention to that shit. And people almost, like, look at me, like, puzzled, like, what do you mean? You have to. And I'm just like, oh, God. 
and people wonder why they suffer. And, uh, you know, total agreement with what you said, man, and I really connected with what you said about, like, when you were coming up in the martial, art, martial arts, that the people that you looked up to and your mentors are always pushing the envelope. And I immediately, when you said that, I connected to one of my mentors in basketball, which was actually a, an older guy who... I want to say he was, oh man, what was uh, Damon? Damon was six years older than me, and he took a liking to me when I started playing basketball. He was, uh, he had just graduated high school, and I was a kid. I just picked up a basketball. I was probably like 11 or 12, and he saw that I was like super tenacious and everything, and he actually ended up training me for a long time, two, three nights a week. Like, we would literally be training uh, till it was so late that like my mom would get upset. It's like, oh, you have to be home now. And then I'd get home and my parents would scold me because I was out too late, right? They wanted me home before it was dark. But I was just like, you know what? It's worth it. You know, it's worth getting the belt from my dad and him chasing me around the house because I wanted to be so good at basketball. But I had that guy pushing me and he was working out with me too. And, you know, he ended up playing uh, professionally overseas for like 10 years and he was like a major superstar. And same thing in real estate, you know, the guy that trained me, Nelson, I still remember him. He was just on another level. I remember just shadowing the guy before I got my license while I was still in the process. And I was like, man, this guy's a beast. Like just cranking away on the phones and doing all these deals. And he was investing in a bunch of uh, properties on on the side while still selling real estate. And I was there for literally, uh, because I shadowed him for about six months, I was there from when he first, uh, he actually built with his own money a uh, four unit uh, building in LA. And I was there for the whole process. And when he finally finished it and rented it out, and I was like, man, this guy is just, like some, I immediately thought of the movie, uh, what was that movie, uh, with the stock market with Charlie Sheen, I forget, but that guy just with that huge office, like, and he's just seen as the man, and he's moving and shaking and moving like millions of dollars, and in and, and that moment, for me, that's what that was, so for me, immediately the bar was set high, and same thing, it was like success, like, I, I have to do this thing, right, and interestingly enough, uh, right after I read that piece, uh, you know, I was really getting into this book, they actually did uh, a scientific study with some people, and they said, they looked at a group of people, and in this case, it was musicians, right? Uh, people who were anywhere from seven to eight years old, like, you know, younger kids getting into playing the violin or piano or whatever it was, and they followed them for a couple of years. And, you know, I'll spare all the, the length of the story, but basically they said what dictated how quickly somebody got good and to what level they got was their initial commitment to it when they started. It had nothing to do with who was born in the family of musicians, who was smarter, who had a higher IQ, it was literally, it came down to the person making the decision in the beginning saying, okay, I'm going to play the piano and I'm going to be the best at it or I'm going to play it until I die versus the other kid who said, eh, you know, I'm just going to have it as a hobby and do it for maybe like six months or a year. And when I saw that, I was like, yep, I figured it out. This to me made sense because I remember learning and being told, I think it was Tony Robbins, burn the boats when you start. That's why I literally just left everything. I'm going to get into real estate. There's no option B, and I'm going to make it happen. And I said, I'm going to ride this thing until I make it. Like, there's no plan B. I'm not going to fail. That's not even an option. I'm just going at it, and I'm going to be the best. And reading that really fired me up because I was like, man, like, this is really cool because, you know, we hear these things thrown around, but, but to see, uh, you know, somebody or an example of it, I'm just like, wow, this is really incredible. And I don't know, man. I, I know you share that, too, because we're just like, we, we go all out. Uh, I, we, we do have a big audience here, and I'm still getting emails and questions, but there's some people who still kind of, you know, dance on, on the edge of the fence, Arash, and I, and I want to ask you to, to see what your advice would be for them, because they're like, well, I want to make that commitment, like that long-term commitment, but they have like a, you know, a seed of doubt, or maybe it's a single parent who has a kid, and they're like, well, I, I don't want my kid to starve in the street, so I want to commit to this, but I can only give it three months. What would be something you would tell them if they're just now 
like transitioning into business and saying, I want to make this thing happen? I would tell them to look at nature, you know, where I where I get my teachings from now, or I have been for too many years now to count. But in nature, an animal or any, any creature, any insect outside of human beings, any creature will do the activity that it does as its survival means and its reward is connected to its survival 100%. Like, for example, the lion or, I mean, you know, I keep using a lion, let's just use, let's say, a koala bear, does not say, I'm now going to wake up and at 9 a.m. I'm going to go to the other side of the jungle, right? And I'm going to do this, a bunch of activity for about eight hours and then they're going to hand me some fucking koala leaves or whatever the fuck these guys eat. And then I'm going to come back to my own area, and I'm going to have, let's say, let's say two or three hours to live as a koala. And then I'll do that for like six months or a year so I could gather enough leaves. <laughs> I mean, it just gets so absurd if I keep going the way humans live. You know, my work, my job is my life. Like, there is no separation. My work is the purpose of my life is my work, and I get paid for it. And so if someone's like, well, you know, I'm going to do this for six months a year. Like, I didn't start teaching uh, the dating sciences and the social dynamic arts. I didn't start teaching it and say, I'm going to give myself a year and see how I do. I just knew that that was what I believed in and that the rest of my life was going to be dedicated to studying, understanding this, and teaching others because it's so beautiful and powerful to me. And that was it. And money wasn't even really, honestly, part of it. Because originally, <clears throat> I would lecture Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday and Thursday nights from 8 to 10.30 p.m. free. And then I would lecture Saturdays, I think at 11 or 12, for two and a half hours for free. Three times a week, I gave lectures for free for two and a half hours. Then I would do boot camps where people would show up for like two, three days for free. Oh, my God, I would show up everywhere talking for free. You know, now, naturally, I knew I would get paid one day, but it was not like, let me go into this so that I can be a, a millionaire. Now, I knew I would. I knew I would for sure because I knew how important it was to me to learn it. I saw the power in it. I knew what this meant. So it's just a matter of me being the best at it and then showing others the value that I saw in it. And right there, right there is a formula for any salesman selling any product, one, be the best at that product. Be the most informed, most understanding, most experienced person, whether it's selling a water filter or selling a gym membership. Don't be, you know, number 30. <laughs> Try to be number one. And you're going to hover between one and two right there. One, two, three. It's okay. Just keep shooting for number one. Then after that, just tell people, in a million different ways, why you are so into it. And that will get you people to buy your product because you're, you have a lot of similarities with other people. And so if it's something that you really value, then others must value too. This, is, this was the whole thing that I originally came across when I started telling the world that, you know, I cannot be with one woman for the rest of my life. You know, I have multiple relationships and this and that because I looked and I said, you know, I think so many people have this in common with me, so many men. 
it's not just me. I've seen comedians talk about it. I've talked to my friends about it. I've seen movies. I've seen shows. I've seen how people act. Like, this is actually what's going on. No matter how, how embarrassing it may be for people or, or unacceptable, this is what's happening. So I really cannot go wrong by just communicating this and why I do this and why I want to be with more than one woman and why it's important to me and the woman. And all I've done is that for the last fucking now nine years. And now the world is coming to my doorstep trying to figure out how I do it. All it is is just my own passion about my own life. So the people are like, you know, I'm going to do this for six months. And it's like, no, just don't even do it. Don't even do it. Don't even do it. And the question arises, well, what are you going to do if you need to survive? Well, then fucking work graveyard, okay? Work two, two shifts graveyard. You know, go sell everything you, you own so you have some money. Figure it the fuck out. How's that? Okay? Uh, figure it the fuck out. It's, it's nobody else's business to figure it out for you how you're going to survive. You need to figure that shit out. But that is not an excuse or a reason to not follow your life's path and dedicate yourself to something. Look, sooner or later, you're going to have to get paid doing it. You know, we have a friend of ours who teaches yoga, you know, and, well, I mean, there's no, no mystery, you know, uh, Yogi Chris, PhD. And I was there when he was making that decision to be a traveling yogi. I, I had something to do with that decision, I remember. And I knew, and I told him back then, and I'll tell him now, one day you're going to get paid a lot of money to do this, because that's what one of my mentors told me. Just keep perfecting your craft, perfecting your art, arash, and one day people will pay you millions of dollars to watch you do what you would do for free. My God, that is literally what's happening right now. I'm not getting paid millions, but I have been paid a million easily now. And what am I doing? Just living my life. I'm famous for living my life. It's a trip. The reason I'm famous is I have multiple girlfriends, I'm a martial artist, I look and talk a certain way, and the way that I interact with the world, I put on video and tell the world about it. This is how I think. And I'm famous for that. I'm not famous for throwing a football. I'm not famous for throwing a basketball. I'm not famous for singing a song or doing a movie. I'm famous for living the way I live and thinking the way I think. That, to me, is the most natural way to be because that's what animals are doing, and I believe that I'm part of nature too. You can't separate me. So it's not like I'm not part of nature, but every other creature is. Fuck that, okay? I don't know if I answered it, dude, but no, it was a good answer regardless. Love it, man. Powerful. Very, very powerful. Well, brother, I think this is a good place for us to end. Um, as always, I'll pass it to you to make any final plugs before next week. Then I'll wrap it up, and we'll end it. Okay, great. I have uh, a few things happening that are really important. Number one, you know, I every time somebody asks me a question live on YouTube or Instagram, you know, I tell them, you need to get on my Diamond Mind program. It's a monthly, $97 a month. That ain't nothing, guys. For daily coaching, about four to five days a week, and about an hour-long hour live lecture that you get to ask questions on. Um, you got to get on Diamond Mind. Like, you got to get it. Last count was 265 videos that I've done so far for Diamond Mind. That's a lot of goddamn fucking videos. That's not counting the, the, the lectures. Um, then outside of that, on the 2nd of October, if you're hearing this before October 2nd, 2017, afterwards, you still get it. One of my most powerful products is coming out called Ravi Playing the God. I'm telling everybody this you need in your library. You need to know what I say in these lectures. It is completely, completely life-altering. Four lectures have been done. And all four, all four, each one of them is worth more than $1,000, easily. They're, they're life-changing lectures. I'm dedicating this to one of my students. 
who inspired it in me, and I would never dedicate somebody to someone's name. The name of the product is the name of the student. His name is Ravi. And so I, I don't take this shit lightly. I will, I will deliver more than anybody can imagine, okay, October 2nd. And then finally, um, there will be a women's event that I'm going to do called um, Awakening the Goddess Within. So if any females are listening, um, look forward to that in October. And I think you and I are doing something, BC, I just realized. So I'll pass it on to you. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be doing an event. Um, I believe we're going to do it the weekend after that. I believe, well, I mean, we can talk about it. Once we officially release it, we'll release it. Um, for me, I have a new product coming out October 1st. I continuously get asked how to make better videos, how to even make videos, how to be a better speaker. This product is for you. It's been requested for months, probably for over a year now. I'm finally making it. I'm calling it Break Silence, Unleashing the Voice Within. I think a lot of people, uh, it would be in their best interest to really begin to make video, grow their brand, and we live in an era of social media, right? If your face isn't out there every single day in front of people multiple times, you're going to be lost in the mix, and you're not going to stand out like you see me and Arash do on a daily basis, and you're not going to expand. But uh, that's it for me. Uh, we'll see you guys next week, same time, 5.15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Money, Power, and Influence Podcast. We'll see you guys. Yes.